Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Polybytes podcast. I am here today with a very special guest, Mr. Jeff Kennett. Hello, Jeff. Thank you so much for joining me. Great pleasure, Emily. Great pleasure. This is something that my audience has been looking forward to for a very long time and is a surprise for them. One thing that I did want to start off with, obviously, we're going to go through things about the current election. So let's kick off with the most obvious one. How do you think things are going for both the major parties now? Uh, I have been thinking for a long time that the Victorian public will reject Mr Andrews and I am very, very hopeful that I prove to be correct because we can't keep going down this path. So historically, oppositions never win government, government lose. And uh, that's what I hope will happen uh, in a few weeks' time. How do you feel the Liberal Party are going now versus maybe how they were going six months ago? Uh, They're much more focused. Their campaign is a lot stronger. But again, as I said, most of the focus is on the government. Most of the focus is on Mr Andrews. Do you feel as if that's obviously that losing strategy where the figurehead, the the leader of the party becomes almost the logo of it? Yes, without a doubt, Uh, particularly in Mr Andrews' case because he has led so dominantly uh, where it's his way or the highway and he has been responsible for lengths of lockdown, he's responsible for the debt, he's responsible for the breakdown in the hospital system. So Daniel has run a, a government which is all about Daniel. Therefore, going into this election, people will make a decision about Daniel. They're not actually thinking about the Labor Party or the government, they're just making their mind up about the Premier. This is really interesting. I'm involved in pre-poll at the moment. I've spoken to a number of other candidates, particularly out in the West, and they are finding that even candidate voters coming up to candidates out in the West are sort of saying, I just don't want to vote for Daniel Andrews. Well, that is not a surprise uh, for a couple of reasons. The West is a community that is a very multicultural community. Uh, The West is an area where the Labor vote is very high and therefore when people are feeling aggrieved, that will reduce their primary vote considerably and ultimately whether it's enough. So if you have a look at the seat of Werribee, for instance, which is Tim Pallas's seat, that is a seat I'll be watching on election night because I think there is a chance that Tim might find himself uh, on seat looking for a job. Oh, absolutely. Are you aware of the independent that's out there that's running? Is that the doctor? No. So Joe Garra is next door. Joe Garra is Point Cook. He's the one running against Hilakari. In Werribee, it's Paul Hopper, whose family is quite literally the Hopper in Hopper's Crossing. Right. I haven't met him. And he's running as an independent, is he? Yes, he's, he's an independent. And uh, there's... From my understanding, from what I've heard, quite a strong Liberal candidate out there as well who's been involved in local councils for quite a number of years. Right. Well, as long as they exchange preferences and do it tightly, obviously there's always a chance of change. Yeah, so my understanding is that they have done that from looking at the how to vote card. So there's a few places out in the West. I think the other one they're worried about is Melton. Yes, I think that is right. I think that is right. But it's a big call. We've got to win 18 seats. It's not impossible, but uh, it's a big big call, and particularly whereas some of the inner city suburbs uh, seats here, the Greens and Labor are preferencing preferencing each other uh, to try and hold the balance of power. Uh, And if they do, the Greens will obviously support Labor back into office. Is there anything that if you were still in the ring at the moment that you would be doing 
differently? Yes. I would have started the campaign by not promising a wreath of expenditures. Mm. I would have simply said, I, as your future Premier, I am going to once again respect the Westminster system. I'm going to try and put a cap on our debt because the debt and the interest we pay on it is a price that is going to be paid by all of us over the next few years. But I, as your next Premier, I will take responsibility for the health portfolio. I will commit myself to getting your access to good health care as my first priority. That's what I would have done and I wouldn't have promised anything else. Interesting. Do you find there's a lot of commentary and I obviously run quite a large platform. I get a lot of this commentary. Your strength of character that you sort of display is what people wanted to see coming back into the Liberal Party. Do you see that starting to emerge in some of the people that are there now? Well, everyone is different, right? Uh, They all have strengths and weaknesses. Uh, It's always very hard to judge an opposition leader uh, when they're in opposition because they're not the leader and Mm. they can't actually influence change. They can talk about things. Mm. They can't actually do anything. So, you know, when I stood, I lost two elections before I finally won. Uh, And in the election I won, I think my vote at one stage was about 19%. So no one was voting for Jeff Kennett. They were voting to get rid of the government at the time, Mm. Labor, uh, because of debt, because of industrial relations disputes and the fact that there were so many businesses in trouble. And so, I mean, of all people, you would be the one that everyone references in this particular environment and, and seeing history repeat itself. So you think we're going to see history repeat itself with this loss? Yeah, no, I think if there is a change in government, Matthew will run it differently than I, and I would expect him to do that. With his team, my team were different from his team. My team was 10 years in opposition preparing for government before we got there in 1992. So we were very ready. Uh, We had good politicians, good ministers, good bureaucrats, uh, but every, every leadership group is different from the other. So I wouldn't want Matthew to look at me and say, I want to do it Jeff Kennett's way. He's got to do it his way. Yep. But the most important thing he can do is restore confidence in the public's understanding of the way in which government should behave. Yep. And that's what's missing at the moment. There is so much corruption, so much falsification of truth that I think the people have lost confidence in their own administration. I would certainly say so. And I mean, you're in politics, you'd be watching all the press conferences at the moment. Just going into some of the comments, for example, that Daniel Andrews made in the last couple of days with things like Glenn Drury turning around and saying, I've never met that man, I've never heard of him, anything else like that. It's come out this morning that his chief of staff has met with Drury in the past. For the sake of my audience who are not necessarily politically savvy, what do you reckon the chances are that a chief of staff is doing something that the Premier doesn't know about? I've no idea. Right, so he might be technically correct. He's probably, he may never have met Drew. But did he know that his chief of staff was meeting him? Probably, probably not. I don't know. So I can't hypothesise. I can only, you know, look at both sides of the argument. And there's no doubt that he might have known. I don't believe. Because he's such a hands-on person, Mm. I find it hard to believe that he didn't know. But, you know, it's I can't give you a clear answer on that. No worries. So what is your final prediction for what will happen with the election? Do you think we will see a Liberal majority? Will it be a minority? Oh, look, again, I can only say I hope. I want, I want Victorians to wake up. 
I want Victorians to say we've had a gutful of this. If we support more of this sort of corruption, uh, then we we can blame no one else but ourselves. If you want to go down a gurgler, just keep supporting the man who's put us on the lip of the gurgler. I don't think anyone in my audience is going to be disagreeing with that. A few other very quick questions for you. What are your thoughts around the amount of IBAC investigations and his refusal to step down? Should he have stepped down? Daniel? Yes. Well, under normal circumstances, yes, but we don't know what the IBAC inquiries are about. Suffice Mm. to say, I've never heard of a situation going into an election when IBAC is looking at four inquiries Mm. involving either the Premier himself and or his administration. And don't forget, in New South Wales, a Premier lost his job over a bottle of wine and uh, the more recent Premier... Gladys, uh, unfortunately, lost her job because she was in a relationship. So, for goodness sake, I mean, uh, the contrasts are so real. And if you want a final definition of that, if you go back into that soft inquiry into the hotel quarantine, when all the ministers and senior public servants were asked who was responsible for letting the contract, all of them said, we can't remember. And the person sitting in charge of the inquiry accepted that instead of saying, right, go away, come back here tomorrow and tell us who it was. Find out who it was. Mm. And she didn't do it. It was just an absolute whitewash. There is no one who is listening to this that will probably disagree. The fact that they could just sit there and go, I don't remember. And that was... Totally unacceptable. Totally unacceptable. And they're all told to say that. So that was the briefing they got. Oh, yeah. And this this goes very well into my next point, which is what I want to talk about. The one thing that this Labor government in particular does really, really well is comms. So they are very tight with their messaging. They're very on brand. From your perspective, the way that I've described you in the past is you are very strong in comms. You cut through very well. You have a way to adjust what you were saying. So for example, what you said before about if I was late, I would get up and say X, Y, and Z. How much in your opinion of politics particularly coming into an election, is policy versus how you say what you're going to do? Well, I think it's a combination of both. Communication is a very powerful tool, whether that's verbal, whether it's social media, etc. cetera. Uh, but normally you want to have a good message to sell, mm. right, uh, rather than a negative message. What I think is interesting, and I hope if there's a change in government, there'll be a very quick inquiry, The Premier has a very large media staff, social media staff, Mm. and every time anyone does anything on social media that they disagree with, they attack them. Now, if the government is going to have a social media unit, it should only be allowed to put out the positives as what the government is doing. They should not be attacking Victorian citizens using taxpayers' money. That is, in my opinion, dishonest, it's fraudulent, and it just continues the red shirt deal where they take the public's money to then belt hell out of the public. So I hope we can find out who uh, has been doing those uh, so-called tweets and other social media. Mm. And uh, if we can identify who it is, then they should either be uh, charged for fraudulent misuse of public money. And if mm. that's been done through the Premier's office, then the buck stops with him. One question I also get a lot is how are they able to spend so much money on these social media units? How are they able to spend so much money on all these staff members? Surely isn't there a budget they have to stick to? Oh, yes. They will They will allocate a budget every year for the Premier's office, et cetera, et cetera. So it will go through the right process. The question is 
whether the allocation and the uh, expenditure is an abuse of public money. And that's what I think it is. So for those of you who are listening, the way that you would sort of break that down for the average person is, yeah, they're sticking within the budget, but they're designing the budget themselves. Yes, but you can get anything through the budget. The question is whether what you get through the budget is appropriately spent or whether it is fraudulently spent. And I would think if they were using the social media, utilising public money to attack citizens or different points of view, that is fraudulent, criminal. This is a couple of questions. So Daniel has said that if he gets back in again, he will stay the entire term. Do you think he will or not? No. And if he doesn't, obviously, theoretically, Jacinta Allen would be his deputy. If she became his deputy, do you think she would still be leader at the following election? Well, I'm not sure. Jacinta is currently uh, Daniel's deputy, uh, but I'm not sure she'd get the votes in caucus. She's not particularly liked by her colleagues, and it is to the left. And uh, the issue is whether if she got back, if the government was returned with caucus supporter. Now, they may, they may, but... uh, The Labor Party in the past has turned to leaders to dig themselves out of a hole. Mm. And it hasn't always worked. So uh, it happened over in the West. It happened here with Joan Kerner, with whom I had a good working relationship. Uh, Mm -hmm. And Joan had to go in there at the last minute to try and get them over the line, and they failed dismally. I think if Jacinta became Premier, she wouldn't have the authority that Daniel does And given the debt that they're going to have to confront, it's like taking the poison chalice. She'll have nowhere to go. It'll be just awful, as it will be for anyone. Within two years, your listeners should understand that the debt level is so high with higher interest rates, we are in for the most appalling time you've ever seen in your life because we don't have the revenue to address the level of debt that we have. This is something I just want you to elaborate on a little bit if I can ask you to do so. All these people are talking about that. All these people are making promises. The question then becomes, where does the money come from? Borrowed. So this year we're going to, we're going to spend, as a state, about $9 billion more than we earn, right? And that is projected to be the case for a number of years. So it is what I call the JAWS equation. When you're revenue drops and your expenses rise so there is a parting of the way and your expenses are prolonged over a period of time you're in diabolical trouble and we've been in trouble for a number of years we've got a debt that's close to 200 billion dollars getting worse and still the deficit the loss every year expenditure over revenue continues so the debt will only get worse and worse at higher interest rates who pays for the interest? We do. What does that mean? It comes out of government's revenue, which in turn means we can't spend as much on hospital, schools, roads, emergency services, etc. Which is something obviously at the moment that everyone is deeply concerned about because there hasn't been enough money spent on that anyway. The question for you, and there is obviously acknowledging some level of bias in this, but do you think if Matthew Guy and his government get in, they can turn the debt situation around a little bit No, it's going to take a number of years. We are like, Victoria is like a very big ship. And in order to turn it round, it's going to take a number of years. This is the inheritance that Daniel Andrews and his colleagues is leaving us. They're leaving us in a fragile position. 
where even the rating agencies overnight said there's a bit, we're in the worst position of any state in Australia. And if they, after the election, downgrade our credit rating, which I think they will, mm. then the cost of our money, our borrowings becomes more expensive. So more of the money that we pay in revenue has to go on just servicing our debt. I, I would agree with you. I think that I've seen some of the pieces coming out lately and I think that they will downgrade our rating again, which means for those of you who are listening, we are going to pay even more money towards just our debt. That's correct. That's correct. A couple of very quick things before we wrap up. One of the platforms that the current Liberal Party is running on in Victoria is to hold a royal commission into the COVID response. Would you support that too? Yes, I'd rather it was national. I'd rather we learnt nationally the things that worked, the things we didn't. I'd rather it was put in a small book, put in a drawer, so if we're ever confronted again, which I think we will be, with a COVID-like health issue, they can pull it out, see what best practice was last time, and then implement it quickly next time. On a couple of the debt questions, you said that Victoria is a slow ship that needs to be turned around. What do you think the best case scenario is if, let's say, for example, a Liberal government gets in and, as you said, you believe they can start to turn it around? What do you reckon the best case scenario is for things starting to turn around? Oh, well, you know, it'll take a couple of years at least, at least. Mm-hmm. And if Labor get back in, they're going to keep spending. They want to spend another $120 billion on a, uh, an underground rail link. Now, it's a lovely thought. But imagine if you added another 120 billion on top of the 200 billion we already owe. That's 320. By that stage, none of us will be left here. I can tell you right now, I've spoken to quite a number of people who talk about the fact that if Labor or particularly Daniel Andrews gets back in, they will be leaving the state immediately. No, well, that's a real possibility. Many have already done so. Oh, quite a few to the point where our federal boundaries may get redrawn. One final thing that I did want to say on the debt thing, we're going into federal now just really briefly. Federal Labor inherited the worst budget position that any federal Labor government has ever inherited. There is obviously a lot of talk that after this particular election in Victoria, they're going to start introducing taxes to pay for that. Do you think, as someone who's obviously just been in governments and politics for a very long time, what are federal Labor going to do with this budget? Are they going to be able to do anything to turn this around? It's it's not really their uh, forte to fix a budget as opposed to spend it. If prices for iron ore, gas and coal stay high they will earn through royalties a lot of money. So they have the capacity to reduce that debt Mm -hmm. uh, over time uh, as long as they don't spend whatever comes in as a result of those royalties. So they they have the capacity to do so. They also have income tax. They also have company tax. Victoria has none of the royalties, none of the income taxes, so therefore we're reliant on payroll tax, GST reimbursement, and property taxes. So after this election, if Labor wins, we've already seen land tax gone through the roof, Mm -hmm. and that's driving a lot of small businesses out of small business. Uh, It'll only go higher, and it'll get worse and worse. So it's a massive challenge. Well, I really appreciate your time today, Jeff. Thank you so much, and I'm sure everyone will enjoy listening to this, and I look forward to following your commentary on Twitter on election night. Thank you very much, and uh, give my regards to Nicole when you see her. She's a very good candidate. She is a fantastic candidate. Uh, she, I think, is one of the best the Libs have, and I've spoken about her a couple of times. I, I believe she will win, and I look forward to her being able to do that. I hope your belief actually turns out. She deserves to win, put it that way. It's going to be a very interesting night. Thank you. Have a good evening.